0: Welcome to Opening the Door Podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today you're getting a solo episode just from me and we are going to be talking about working with your guides. I'll go through the sort of basic steps I've got for you and I'll answer some frequently asked questions from you all about working with your guides as well toward the end. Working with my guides has been a really transformative experience for me. I started cultivating a connection with my guides a few years ago when I really started diving deeper into this whole psychic mediumship world. It was one of the first things that I did to start connecting just to something bigger than myself or higher vibration than myself or just sort of like a different thing other than just me and maybe my intuition and my ego. I started connecting with my guides on my own after listening to some podcast episodes about it. I think it was from the Psychic Teachers podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. So always happy to plug it. One of my favorite stories about my own connection with my guides is this story of the blueberry and the strawberry. I'm not sure if I've told this in another episode or not, but this is one of my favorite stories. So I'm going to tell it to you again. So... I had been working with my guides for a while. I've had gotten little signs from them here and there, and I was feeling really ready to take the next step in my spirituality journey. So in a meditation with them in the morning, I was meditating and, you know, decided to ask my guides. I was sort of between wondering if I should take a psychic development class or a mediumship development class, and I really wasn't sure, you know, what to do next, which one Which one should I do. So I asked my guides in a meditation. I was just, you know, on my bed, Meditating, cross-legged, nothing super fancy, no big ritual or anything. But I asked them to see a blueberry if I should take a psychic class and a strawberry if I should take a mediumship class. So either or, which one should I see? And I think that was it. It might have been the other way around. But either way, it was a blueberry and a strawberry I was asking to see. Either or. So I go along with my day, went to work and out of the blue that day my boss was like at lunchtime she was like I really want something sweet we should go get something sweet you want to run to the cafe with me and I said sure it was close by where we were working so we went together this was such an out of out of the norm experience and so I went we walked into this beautiful little plant shop and cafe and they also have sort of a artist where people like artists sell their stuff there too so I was looking around at everything while we were ordering and I came across a clay bowl carved with strawberries and a clay cup carved with blueberries and I looked at them and I thought oh those are so cute and then as soon as I saw them together I thought oh my gosh those are my two signs those are my two signs that I just asked for this morning and it was such a huge confirmation for me because this i i wasn't going into that shop all the time and you know knowing that strawberries and blueberries were going to be there in the form carved into bowls but It was just such a great experience and and what an interesting way for my guides to get me to see those signs or help me to see those signs. You know, my boss wanted a piece of cake, so we went there and then I saw them. I just, it's one of my favorite stories. So I did end up taking a psychic class first and then mediumship class right after that. But that is just one of my favorite little stories from my guides and and my experience with my guides that where they really came through. Of course I've asked for signs and things haven't come through as promptly or clearly as that, but I think this is just a really fun example of cultivating your connection with your guides that can lead to something really fun. And they can help you make some life decisions. So, where should you begin with your guides? You're thinking, "Well, Haley, great story. That's all well and good, but I don't have this type of connection with my guides. I want this connection. Where do I start? So here are some tips and steps that I've pulled together for you to really start to be able to cultivate that connection with your guides yourself. So the first step, if you've never interacted with your guides before, is going to just simply be acknowledging that you know they're there and that you know they're there for you and that you want to begin cultivating a stronger connection with them. There are probably a thousand ways to do that, but I'll share a few nice and easy ways to do that with you here just to get the ball rolling, get your ideas going. But obviously, as I'm saying these, just know that there are lots of other ways to do this. So the first idea for you to sort of just sort of start acknowledging that your guides are there for you and acknowledging that they might be around is while you are in meditation or... Or before you're going to sleep, you can start having a super simple conversation with them. It can be super straightforward. You don't need to be doing a huge ritual or anything like that. Just in your head, acknowledge that they're there. Ask them to come closer so that you can start working with them more. It can be so as simple as that. The second step within this first step that you're just trying to sort of Acknowledge that they're there for yourself and them is to start noticing the little things around you and just take some time for reflection. What are some major signs in the past that might have actually been attributed to your guides that you didn't realize back then? Take a minute to think about that or journal about it if you love journaling, but it really doesn't have to be a huge journal session either. You can just go about your day if you're listening to this in the morning. Go about your day and just sort of keep that in the back of your mind. What are some big signs that you've got in the past that felt like, you know, felt like fate or they felt like an intervention or they felt so significant and at the time you didn't really realize or like maybe you weren't in the spiritual space yet, you weren't really thinking about your guides, but now you are and you can look back on that and say, wow, my guides were definitely there for me even though I I might not have even known at that time. So take some time to think about that and some really obvious signs or messages in your life and acknowledge that those have might might have come from your guides. And the third little step or idea within this first step is to figure out which clairs are most open for you. For me, I work a lot of my abilities within clairaudience and clairvoyance. So I see a lot of signs and I hear messages, you know, in my head. It's not a disembodied voice or anything like that that's not what clairaudience is but I'm hearing messages come through as words or phrases within my head and then for my clairvoyance obviously I'm using that to just like be aware of signs in the you know this 3d world but I find that since I'm really clairvoyant that you know that's a main way that I work with my guides is through signs within this physical world so the second step after you've found some time to do step one To go through those things, have your mindfulness time, and just acknowledge that your guides are there, is to try and meet or more deeply connect with your guide or guides. I'm gonna say guides in this podcast, but you can just have one. I think most of us have a spirit team, which I'll get into a little bit later in this episode, but I'm just gonna say guides because, you know, some people have more than one. I have more than one, so I think a lot of people do. So you can do this through a guided meditation or meditation on your own, where you ground, protect, and clearly set your intention to meet or chat with a guide of yours. Now, if you're clairvoyant, you're going to be seeing this within your mind's eye through a guided meditation or a self-guided meditation, right? But if you aren't somebody who sees a lot of images within your mind's eye, you should be open to receiving information from your guides or meeting, in quotes, your guides in other ways. For instance, are you feeling certain energies around you at certain times? Are you hearing certain words and phrases or a name? That can be a way that you might be meeting your guide. So just be open to Not only meeting them through your mind's eye, but using your other clairs to meet them and connect with them. Like clairsentience, you might get certain feelings in your body from your guides. So just be open to using your other clairs. For me, I'm clairaudient, mostly clairvoyant. Those are my two huge clairs that I work within. The other ones I work within a lot... But not as much as my clairaudience and clairvoyance. So that's why you're hearing me talk a lot about that. But definitely be open to sensing and receiving from them in other ways. So the next within this second step is you can ask for a name during one of your meditations or however you're sort of receiving from your guides. You can ask for a name or something to call them if you would like. Personally, I didn't have names for my guides for a long while. Another way to connect more deeply with your guides is to ask for a sign. So we talked about at the beginning of this episode, my strawberries and blueberries story, really fun one. And I I just really love asking for signs. I think it's... It's such a great way to know that it's not simply coming from you. And that's in one of our questions later, so we can talk about that a little bit more. But signs are a great physical way to know that the information isn't just coming from maybe like your ego or your intuition, your own higher self. If you're worried about that sort of delineating at first, asking for physical signs is something that can be super helpful. So when you ask for a sign from your guides, you should be one, the sign that you're asking for shouldn't be something that you see very often in your daily life. Like I wouldn't have asked for to see a blueberry and a strawberry, a blueberry or a strawberry, if I knew I had blueberries and strawberries in my fridge, right? So, you know, your sign, if you're living in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania could be seeing a kangaroo because you're probably not going to see a kangaroo in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, right? So make sure you're asking for a sign that isn't just something that you're going to see in your everyday life. This is the other thing about signs. People sometimes think that they have to be the physical thing. So let's say, let's keep with a kangaroo. So let's say I ask to see a kangaroo and I'm probably not going to see a physical animal kangaroo on my own. When you're looking for your sign, it doesn't have to be the live kangaroo animal. Maybe you're walking down the street and a truck drives by and it has a kangaroo sticker on it or maybe, um, you know, you're, you're walking through your house and your kid accidentally steps on the remote and turns the TV on and you see a kangaroo on the screen. Something like that. That's your sign. It doesn't have to be the physical animal. It can come through in a lot of ways. Like my blueberries and strawberries example came through in a carved cup and a carved bowl. And I still accepted those as my signs. The other thing about signs is usually what can happen is if you don't accept it if you're like, "Oh, well, I don't know, that might not quite be it. I don't know if that was really it." You'll usually get a second sign within the day or a day or two to sort of reinforce and be like, "Hey, hey, that was the sign." <laughs> so, you know, your sign doesn't have to be super uh super physical. So, the second thing about asking for signs is that you should give it a time constraint. Like ask to see it within the next 5 days, 3 days, something like that. It just helps with time. I mean, like I don't know, I really believe that time works differently when you're not sort of in this, you know, this space, this body. So you just want to make sure you're putting a time constraint that works for you on it, you know, with your time period that you want to receive this sign is. Asking for signs is a good way to test the waters with your guides and how they respond to your questions and requests. Don't forget to say thank you. Gratitude is important in so many areas of spirituality, but I think it's especially important to thank our guides because they're there for us all the time and, you know, everybody likes to be thanked. So um, I, I really enjoy building gratitude into working with my guides as well. So the third step after you've sort of tested the waters, gone a little deeper, maybe met your guides in a guided meditation or however that came through for you, the third step is going to be a little bit more ongoing than the first and second steps. It's time for you to get to know your guides' voice. How do they sound when they communicate with you? Are they sassy? Are they sweet? Are they straightforward? Are they airy and mystical? Getting to know your guide's voice will help you determine your guides from your ego, from your intuition. They're all different things. So getting to know your guide's voice is going to be really helpful for you when information starts flowing through for you to know exactly where it comes from. Your guides will never deliver scary or off-putting messages or tell you to put yourself in harm's way your guides are there to guide you, not make decisions for you, which sucks sometimes. You just want to be told what to do. That's not what they're there for, unfortunately. And I'm at a place now where I can very very clearly tell the difference in my guides bringing through information as opposed to other forms like my intuition, my higher self, or my ego. And I just want to touch on this point that I made just a second ago your guides aren't going to deliver you like scary or off putting messages so if you're getting messages that you think is from a guide that is either telling you to put yourself in harm's way or harm yourself or just giving you really scary messages about the way the world is or what your life's going to be like or something like that you're you're not working with a guide so it would be time to do some more grounding protection and maybe some cord cutting for that just to make sure you're not connecting with something you know some little trickster out there who's you know masquerading as a guide and I'm not saying your guides are never going to deliver difficult information for you to help you make decisions and sometimes the decision you're making can feel scary like maybe leaving a job or moving to a different city like those things can feel scary but they're not going to be out here telling you doom and gloom and and scary shit they're going to be pushing you to do what's best for you so I hope that makes sense So after these three steps, you can really begin to make your guide relationship your own. I mean, at any point in these steps, it's going to be your own, but in these three sort of more rigid steps on how to get to working with your guides, now it's time for you to really make it your own. So maybe you'll connect with them mostly when you're in meditation, or maybe you'll meet with them in your dreams, or maybe you'll be able to recognize their voice and communicate with them throughout your day. Take your time finding which way is best for you. It can be a mix of those things. It might not all snap into place at once. Like all good things, it's going to take some time. I also really like getting messages from my guides through my oracle deck. So that is another way to connect with your guides too, through a little bit more of a physical thing. So you could ask for a message from your, like sometimes with my oracle deck, I'll just shuffle and I'll ask, you know, what do my guides want me to know right now? And I will pull a card or two from my Oracle deck asking that question. So there's like a million ways to connect with your guides. I'm just pointing out a few here and a few, you know, good steps to sort of get you in the groove of connecting with your guides. So it is time for your frequently asked questions. So I've put together a little list of questions that I got about guides before I wrote this episode, and we're going to go through, ask the questions, and I'm going to answer them to the best of my ability. I really feel I have a very strong um, knowledge and connection with my guides, so I feel really confident making these answers, but, you know, of course, there's always room for other opinions. There's always room for us to always change our mind, Um, so let's kick it off. So the first question here is, who are my guides? Are they real people who used to be alive on earth? So there are definitely a few different thoughts around who our guides are. My thoughts on who our guides are, are I think they are spirits or people, like whatever you want to call, you know, whoever we are when we're not on this earth, that have done a lot of fucking work to get to where their soul is, you know, today. And they've been through some shit and that's why they're able to help guide us. So a lot of people also believe that they're sort of like ascended beings, you know, ascended masters, you know, and that sort of goes along with what I'm saying, sort of people or spirits who have been able to ascend you know, high enough within their spirit to have like a really nice deep understanding of like life on earth and human life in general. And that's why they're able to guide you. And I also like the idea of a general spirit team. So what I mean by this is we have more on our spirit team that makes up our spirit team other than just guides. So this could this could include a power animal for you this could include loved ones who have passed away or or your ancestors or even buddies from past lives who can contribute to your team I think they sort of move in and out they might not be your main guides but I definitely think that they can sort of push through information and give you input when you want it or when you're asking for it so I don't think you're Your whole spirit team is like all the same types of souls. I think you have some very ascended spirits who are able to help you and sort of be your main guides who might have a little bit less of that earthy pettiness, you know, Um, and then you have other people who can be on your team like I listed before. So the next question is, why did my guides pick me? I love this question. I think it's more of a mutual picking of each other. And I'm not sure I have my mind completely made up about this, even though I absolutely love this question. I I don't think I have my mind completely made up. I think it's probably mutual. I think that we are drawn to certain guides because of what we might want to accentuate or learn while we're on Earth. And so I think that it can sort of be a mutual picking. And then also while you're throughout life, you can, you can ask for certain guides for certain things. So let's say you're trying to write a book. You might ask for a specific writing guide or a book guide or something like that. So you might not pick that one specifically, but I think based on your vibration and your spirit team's vibration, they're gonna bring in the right the right type of guide for you. So I hope that sort of answers that question. The next question is, does everyone have guides? I think the answer to this is yes. I don't think anybody gets born on this earth with zero spiritual connection i think we all have a spiritual connection i think some people are on this earth to do terrible (laughs) i think there are obviously like i think this question makes me think a lot about people who have done really fucking shitty things on this earth and so you can look at that and wonder does that person have a guide or guides? Like how could they be doing such shitty things if our guides are available to us? And the one thing I will say about this is like guides are not our morality police. Like I said earlier, they're not here to make specific decisions for you. They can't move your hand. They can't force your hand into anything. So they're not your morality police. Of course, they're going to be there to be like, "Uh, are you sure? But some people are so spiritually cut off from that That it's hard for our guides to get messages through and and that's what i'm talking about for people who have really inflicted some real fucking terrible pain on this earth i think there's a huge a huge cutoff there so if you're just like a regular person who hasn't inflicted terrible shit yes you can absolutely more easily cultivate your connection to your guides for sure and i do think yes we all do have guides I think all of our spirit teams can look really different, though. So this is going to be completely unique to you. I think one of the biggest things in this podcast so far that we've learned is that everyone's spiritual practices and understandings of the world is completely unique to them. And I absolutely love that. The next question is, if our guides are here to help us, why aren't they more accessible to, quote, everyday people? So I think this question kind of goes really well with the question before in a little bit of a lighter way. So why do our guides feel less accessible to us? Like, why can't, why aren't we born? And maybe when we're like 10 or 12, be like, oh yeah, here are my guides. Here's how they communicate with me. Here's their names here. Here is how they're here to help me. One, it's because I think it's because society has sort of forgotten Um, or pushed aside intuition, or accessing sort of this different energetic part of ourselves, so it feels really inaccessible to, like, in quotes, everyday people. I think that is definitely part of it, so I think when we sort of start to dig deep and access this different energy of ourselves, and access this different intuition in ourselves, that really starts to sort of, like, free the dam and let the flow come through a little bit more. So, I love this question, too, because it's it's critical. It's like, if guides are here to help us, sort of, if they're real, why aren't they more accessible to everyone? And and that's what I would say about that. I really do think, I do think they are accessible to everybody. Is it going to be, like, harder based on, um, like, how open you are? Yeah, for sure. But I think we, we can all get there. And we all might need a little bit of help, and that is also okay. I also think that's sort of just part of the mystery of, being human on this earth is unlocking these things. So, and it's exciting too. I mean, for me it's it's exciting. So, yes, we can sort of like not realize that we have these guides, but I feel like that's part of our journey, right? Is like realizing that we can unlock this this part of us or the spirituality in us and communicate on another level with spiritual beings kind of. So, that's another part of it. It's like the ex- exploration of this part of spirituality is also part of our journey. So that's why I think it's sort of not just like automatically implanted in us that we know we have guides and that we can access them. So the next question is, what are our guides purpose independently from us? Or do they only exist for us? Big philosophical question here. I think their main purpose is to guide, but of course they can get up to other things in this other spiritual realm that they're sitting in, right? So They they can absolutely have other other jobs, other activities that they're doing other than guiding. But I think that is their main purpose and that they have chosen that as their main purpose. I don't think it's like this is a guide group of people. They can only do that. I think those souls have ascended enough or I don't know if I like the word ascended, by the way. I don't know that I really like that word. Like maybe we can use the word develop. So like these souls have developed in a way where they're really excited about guiding. So that's what they're going to do. So it's more of a choice than just like they only exist for the purpose of guiding. I think they've also gone through their own metamorphosis and gotten to that point for themselves. So this next question is, how do I find out who my guides are and... Slash how can I meet my guides? So, I'm kind of combining two questions here. We did go over a little bit earlier how to meet your guides, but not a lot about who they are. So, I answered this a little bit more in the main steps, but let's talk about it a little bit more. So, for me personally, guided meditation actually did not work well for me for like meeting my guides or finding out who they are. I had a really weird guided meditation. It wasn't any fault of the guide, um, it was a recorded guided meditation, and I met with, you know, this sort of funky spirit who their face kept changing they just looked so mischievous and I just knew in my gut that this was not a guide I just knew so I grounded I protected and I popped out of that meditation so just for me personally guided meditation did not work well for this so another way you can do this is just to get to know other ways of communicating and voice first so, for instance, the name that I have for one of my guides was a name that I really loved growing up for, like, really no reason at all. I just loved it. And then in a psychic reading I had a few years ago, it sort of came through from my guide that I could call them that. So one cool way to get more guide info is to book a reading with a trusted psychic, one that you know and trust. Or not that you know, but one that you really do trust and have a good good feeling from. And have them help facilitate some more info flowing through to you about your guides. That can be helpful if you're feeling kind of like stuck and you're not quite sure where to go. And I also really love self-guided meditations for this. So setting your intention to meet with your guide, to meet your guide, which is what was this main question? Who is my guide and how do I meet them? And put on some good meditation music and allow what comes through. When you meet a guide, you might not specifically see a human body. You might see a color. You might feel a feeling. You might get a name clairaudiently. So just be open. That's why I just say allow what comes through. Because it might not be exactly what you expect, but it's what you need at the moment. If you have very vivid dreams, you can also ask to meet your guides in a dream. I have had no luck with this, actually, sadly, even though I do dream very vividly, but other people have had better success with that, so you can absolutely ask to meet your guides in a dream. Also, I I do think that we don't exactly need to know who our guides are specifically. I understand wanting to put a name to it just so you can easily talk to them or call upon them, but it's sort of like, do you need to know every single thing about a teacher or a professor who's, who's teaching you to learn from them? Not really. You should feel an overall sense of trust when you meet or chat with your guides. If your gut is telling you that something's up, something's weird, sort of like the meditation I described earlier, then they may not be your guide. So walk away from that. This is why it is important to ground and protect when you do this type of work. The last question here is, how do I know that I'm not just talking to myself when I'm talking to my guides? So this is going to be where getting to know their voice and how they communicate is going to be pretty important. With getting signs, obviously that's an easy way to know that you're not just talking to yourself. So make sure that you're getting to know their voice when it comes through throughout the day. So an easy or, you know, a way to do this is so when you're talking to yourself in your head, what person do you speak to yourself in? Do you speak to yourself in first person, second, third person? So for me, when I'm talking to myself, I say, I need to do this. I need to do that. But when my guides are coming through clearly, say like I'm just say like I'm driving in the car worrying about something in my head. I'll hear Haley, you really don't need to be worrying about this right now. So I can tell by the different way that I'm hearing my thoughts come through. Well, from my guide, it's not really a thought, it's a drop in from my guides, but you can see the difference. So I'm talking when I'm talking to myself through my ego or my higher self, my intuition, it's I, I, I. And then when my guides are coming through clearly, it's you, you, you. So start to see if you can delineate who's coming through that way. This is also about trusting yourself. Trust that your experiences are real. And then meditations are also a really nice way to know that you're not just talking to yourself. So I think it's helpful to pick a place within your mind's eye that you will always meet them. So also if you're not clairvoyant, you can pick some sort of other feeling that you might meet them in or put on a specific song, uh, like a a specific meditation song that you will always be meeting your guides with. That could be a, a good way too if you're not super clairvoyant. So if you pick a place within your mind, maybe it's beside a stream or a landscape that you love or a room that you've created within your mind's eye, which is what I do. Sometimes within my meditations, I'll go into that room, pour some tea and invite my guides to just come through with anything that I need to hear or know. So those are some ways that you can sort of know that you're not talking to yourself. And then the other way I would say is how quickly is the information coming through? So if, if it's sort of like bubbling up like your thoughts, your everyday thoughts, just know that that's probably you or your ego, you know, just like you talking to yourself. But if these thoughts are really feeling dropped in, like for me, I can sort of explain it through a feeling around my head and also how quickly the thoughts come through. Like it's fast, like if I'm having a conversation with my guides and I ask, okay, this is a completely random example but like okay should I quit should I quit my job and if if it's if the answer comes through like uh I don't know like that's me but if the answer just comes through quick quick as hell and just says no okay I know that that's that's my guides going and as I said before they're not going to make specific decisions for you so make sure that you know, you're in the end making your decisions for yourself with your intuition, your higher self, and your guides sort of all at the helm helping you to make those decisions. So how fast is the information coming through? And then the way that I can sort of feel it almost, I almost feel it like like a bit of a lightness or an airiness towards the back right of my head. I don't really know how to explain it. So also when you're in these meditations or you're starting to receive from your guides, pay attention to how your body feels. Where are you getting sort of like sensation? Are you feeling a tingling on your shoulder? Are you feeling a tingling in your left pinky? Are you feeling just sort of some maybe extra air pressure or extra energy flow around your body? Those can also be ways that you can tell that your guides are near and and that you're receiving that way. The other way to know that you're not just talking to yourself is just to make sure if it's if you're getting fear-based answers that are like oh well if I do this what if that happens and if like what if, what if, what if, or just like I'm too afraid to move. I'm too afraid to make a move. I'm too afraid to do this. Like that's not your guides. Your guides aren't going to speak from to you from a place of fear. So really be critical and mindful of what is coming through, and if it makes sense that it's coming um, from your guides. If it's not making sense that it's coming from your guides, it could definitely be coming from an ego place. And you know, it's always good to just sort of reset if you're not getting a good connection. You know, you don't have to get a good connection that day. Take a break, light a candle, do something earthly, make yourself some dinner, go on a walk, get out of that space, and you can always try again tomorrow. So those are my big tips on working with your guides. Thank you so, so much for tuning in every week. I appreciate you listening so, so much. And remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com, and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.